So I was walking on the islands and I saw everyone was so in their own world and everyone was looking at the phones and stressing and running. And I was like, oh my God, they're all living in their own bubble. I guess I was in my own bubble at that moment, but it was sort of a wake up call like, yeah, normally I'm also running like that. And now that I've started, I'm the same. Welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe, where really nobody's average. Here, you'll meet new friends who just aren't on magazine covers. Yet. I'm Dodie Axe. This week's friend is Ben DeVries. Hello. We are sitting on the 10th floor of a building smack in the middle of downtown Stockholm. What are we doing here? We're enjoying the view. And we're meeting up old friends and, and old colleagues. This is your new workplace, and so I want to ask you about being a newcomer to something and getting a new perspective. And I think being on the 10th floor, you've already commented, what, like, wow, up here you see terraces, you see things that are completely new and different. Yeah, to be a newcomer is both very exciting, uh, also a bit uh, nervous. Uh, on the other hand, let me try to explain a bit what I mean. So the excitement comes is... Uh, with that, yeah, if you if you change context, and especially if you've been in a certain area, which I had with Ericsson, 15 years uh, with the same sort of people in the same environment, same industry, uh, you feel really comfortable, and and you really uh, feel that you that you that you know what you do, uh, you have your 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 challenges, and and of course it's it's hard work, but anyway, there is sort of a, a familiarity. Then if you change. I mean, I can tell you one detail. I still type in my Ericsson Signum. When, <laughs> when you're <laughs> logging onto the computer. Yeah, when I log in every morning. <laughs> it's, uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I didn't work there anymore. And I say all the This time. is six letters of a, of a person's first name and last yes. name that lets you into the computer system at Ericsson. Yeah, it's your whole identity if you go into sort of the network of the, of the company. It's uh, exciting uh, and challenging to get into a new new company. You meet so many new people. You get a lot of energy, you get new thoughts, you get new perspectives, also a lot of familiarity. It's a large organization where I've worked now. It's, it's, it has different uh, complexities. Here we have a lot of different brands that consumers know. They don't know the mother brand, right. the corporate brand. And at Ericsson, it's one branded house. So everyone oh, is one brand. And uh, can, can we say SCA? We can say SCA, yes, right. yes. And that's where you're working now, so it's a completely different world of products, but some cultural similarities. Yes, it's a large international organization. Uh, Ericsson is more B2B. Here we, of course, have both B2B with the Torque and, and all kinds of uh, medical solutions to healthcare solutions and so on. Uh, but here we have a large uh, number of consumer products. And for me, that's really exciting to sort of get a bit closer to products that I actually can relate to. Uh, not that I'm using them all, because, for example, Livres, I've never uh, used, but Tempo. Ah, you don't have a period, so you don't use pads. No surprise there. But... I might have a monthly, uh, <laughs> a monthly mood change, mood change <laughs> but that's not, not related to any periods, I, I think. Uh, but let's talk about branding in the personal sense. So if you spent 15 years in one company, then your personal brand was tied into that company's brand. What was the change process like for you to break from that and launch into something different? When I stopped working at the year end, it was sort of a, a, 
quite a hard cut. It was like, yeah, okay, it was Christmas. And then uh, after Christmas, I wasn't coming back. So it felt like, oi, yeah, what now? And I didn't have a new job at that time. So I decided to search for a job because it was time and I wanted something new and I want to leverage what I've learned and, and do something new. And then you come back after Christmas and then actually you, the first day on Monday when you see everyone rushing in the morning to the bus, I decided to go for a walk early morning. During rush hour? Yeah, during rush hour. And to I, punish yourself or what? No, but I thought I need to get out of bed early and I was sort of have to get a rhythm because if I lay in bed, I'm yeah, this will not become my routine of laying in bed until 11 every day. Uh, so I was walking on the islands and I saw everyone was so in their own world and everyone was looking at the phones and stressing and running. And I was like, oh, my God, they're all living in their own bubble. I guess I was in my own bubble at that moment. But it was sort of a wake up call like, yeah, normally I'm also running like that. And now that I've started, I'm the same. I'm again in this rush. You went straight bubble. back to your bubble. Yes, yes. I also feel good with it. So it's not necessarily negative, but it's something that I observed. Uh, the other thing that really hit me hard was the Sort of, I went down in tempo quite a lot, which I appreciated a lot. And what I did, I actually started to talk with people that I would normally not talk with. Uh, so I spoke to a lady in Holland who was on the bike, uh, being a uh, Uber Eats on the bicycle, mm -hmm. uh, and she, she she talked to me about how she did it, and I was really curious because I'd never used it. So I said, "Oh, how does the food stay warm? And how far do you bike? And when it rains and so on." All this information, I talked to the guy that was selling hot dogs. I bought a hot dog in Amsterdam on the, on the square. And I asked him, oh, so how many hot dogs do you sell a day? And how much does it cost in rent? And he said, oh, are you, are you going to compete with me? <laughs> you got to know a lot of average Joes. Yeah, it was nice. I got to meet, meet uh, different people. And sort of I had the time to really just talk to people and listen to people. And that was, that's really nice. And I hope that I will keep doing that because that actually... When you run and you work, sometimes you miss just seeing people and what they do. So I wonder if, though, that's not a natural part of you. I experience you as somebody who stops and looks and sees people and listens to people. So I wonder if what happened when you stopped your daily routine at the end of the year, if you just didn't return to who Ben is in the deepest part of you. As a very young person, were you kind of a stopper and a listener and a, and a looking at people? I think I've always been curious, and I think this is what it's about. When I was 15, uh, I realized that I, I think already before actually, but with my parents, when we went on holiday, we always camped and we stayed in tents. And I realized my parents will never start spending money on hotels. And I wanted so desperately to stay in hotels. We got these beautiful brochures at home with five-star hotels in, in Greece and Turkey and that time, long time ago, with the magazine still. And I realized if I ever want to go and stay in a hotel, I need to act, I need to do something. And I realized it's not going to happen with my parents' budget or with, with what they want to spend on it. So I decided actually that I, I was going to work in a hotel. So I actually started to study hotel management. But so my curiosity there already when I was 15, I sent 30 faxes to different hotels from those brochures to Turkey and Greece. I, I wanted to get to know new things and I wanted to explore new things. And actually one hotel said, yeah, you can come here and we'll decide what you're going to do when you arrive here. And you can stay here for two and a half months and work in our hotel. And which country was that in? In Turkey, in Kemer, oh. Iyak Shamlar. 
So that was quite an experience. And there, actually, I learned already on, in a very young age, when I was 16, I worked there in the reception that in Turkey, in the reception, you're not allowed to take coffee orders. That's up to the catering people in the restaurant. So the hierarchy and what you should and shouldn't be doing and, and the cultural differences and, and the hierarchy between the people that worked in the casino and the people that worked in the kitchen and completely different compared to to Netherlands, uh, I think. So, yeah, I stayed in hotels and I've done that mostly for work. Either working in hotels or later on then for for my work traveling. Are you a good hotel guest? What kind of guest are you at a hotel? I'm a good hotel. I leave my room fairly clean, almost unused, I think. Uh, that's good because I work for a hygiene company now, so that matches, I think, the sort of... The Do you tip housekeeping? Is that important? I tip housekeeping dependent on the country. Uh, and um, I think it's important to value service. Yes, I mean, I've, re- I've done hotel management, so I do believe that there is a certain value in being friendly and getting a good service. It's not uh, like that everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I... Actually, it's a completely different story, but I won a dance competition in the Netherlands when I was 11 years old. What kind of dancing? I can't believe it. There was a road show of, we called the this is, this is Disney, and they did like 40 stops in Holland, and they had sort of competitions everywhere, dance competitions, and then they had a national final. And against all odds, I won that. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What kind of dancing and why do you say against all odds? It was basically, a, it was called the Govi Super Swing, and it was a dance that Goofy had made and, and young children could participate and sort of imitate him. And then every person got half a minute to practice them themselves and then on the stage and then the jury was going to vote. And they were actually professional dancers. They were professional, like they were doing it. And I was just, I happened to get to one of these semi-finals and then all of a sudden I won the whole thing. <laughs> And they called my parents and they were never so fo- they were not so focused on following me on all these things. So they said, oh, no, not again in the finals. And uh, yeah, I actually want a trip. <laughs> not again in the finals? You had a habit of winning things. No, oh, I, darn it. I, I was raised in a family where we did a lot of sports. So my mother was a gymnast teacher. So I, I was very young uh, into gymnasts. And in our small village, uh, I sort of competed and I won some prizes. So they always had to show up, of course, when they won prizes. I'm like, oh, yeah, you won again. <laughs> It's nothing big, don't worry. I, I would never win the Olympics, so let's be humble here. But uh, but anyway, this was a national thing, and uh, yeah, so I have, uh, I won, and it was a trip for four people to the United States. We did go to hotels then, but that was uh, because... Because you won yeah, them. Because I won it, but yeah, that I think also my love started. We were in New York then, and I still remember that I looked up, there was this Hyatt Hotel, and I said, oh, we need to go in here. And we went to the top floor and the view and everything. This was uh, this was quite an experience. So yeah, I love hotels. I want to revisit that you don't feel particularly proud of winning because it's so blasé or it's so everyday. Do you still feel like that? I yes. mean, does it make you a competitive person who really doesn't care about winning, or does it make you a non-competitive person who thinks winning is not not so important? I'm competitive, but I am not uh, a killer. Definitely not. No, I. I, I'm actually happy when I do something now and I don't need to win, no. You like the stage. You are not afraid of the spotlight. Yeah, it, it goes, I don't know how it's about uh, how it's for you, but for me, it has two sides. I get nervous and I might not always feel comfortable, but then I enjoy it afterwards and sort of the adrenaline that it gives, yeah, I can enjoy that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's contradicting. I think this is a bit uh, my personality as well. 
people that know me well, they know sometimes it's all or nothing. Yeah, it can have both advantages and disadvantages. But also, I think sometimes I can feel really secure and be confident. And some other periods, I feel like, oh, I feel really insecure or worried. And yeah, I, I try to balance it, but uh, sometimes it goes. So what do you do when you feel insecure? How do you bring the balance back? What I very often do is try to think, what is the worst thing that can happen? And start from that and say, okay, and if that would happen, what then? And sort of try to rationalize a bit back to, okay, what is it actually that I'm worried about? Uh, most of the times, funnily enough, I get uh, excited or nervous or, or stressed about details and not about big things. When serious things happen, I get calm and analytical. But when small things happen, I can get all wound up and a bit excited. But yeah. I want to bring us back to where we are right now, because now you've mentioned you grew up in the Netherlands. Your first trip abroad, was it to Turkey? No, but your first job abroad was Turkey. And here you are, you've lived many years in Stockholm. I've lived uh, 16 years in Stockholm. Uh, When I graduated in in Holland, actually, uh, I I did a traineeship, a fantastic traineeship, uh, two years, and they break them up in four different projects at different companies. So I worked at KLM, uh, Ahold for a while, and then I said to my coach, now I would like to go abroad because I want to go international again. And I suggested Spain because of the warmth, and I loved Spain. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, they didn't have so many options. So she said, yes, I have a project for you. It's uh, quite a technical project at Ericsson in Stockholm. Uh, okay, and she said, and you can actually uh, go there next week uh, on Friday and you bring your bag and you have two interviews and if they like you, you stay for half a year. If they don't like you, you take the plane back on Friday evening and then we'll see you here mm. the week after and we'll search another assignment. Uh, and I was like curious. Uh, again, I didn't really have so many um, associations with Sweden more than uh, positive, uh, but not really any specific opinions or, or views. Uh, So I was curious and I came here and for some reason it felt like love at first sight. I remember the first evening that I had the interviews on Friday. Uh, You must have been here in the spring or the summer if Mm. it was love at first sight. Was it the winter? It it was September. It was was beautiful, beautiful. yeah. So I had the interviews. Uh, After the interviews uh, I uh, sort of went to the hotel where I stayed then and there was Alvik, Alvik Hotel Mm -hmm. that time. And I walked, I took one, uh, the, the metro, and in the evening I walked all the way Kungsholm Strand, and I just felt I came home. So yeah, I really, I really enjoy the Swedish quality of life. Uh, I think we're in the forefront here of a lot of uh, exciting stuff when it comes to music, design, fashion, technology, uh, and, and the whole element of nature. I live on Sturessing and I have a kayak there. Yeah, for me, you know, coming from Holland where everything is flat, mm-hmm. for me, Stura Essingen with... A little it, bit of a hill. Like a mountain. <laughs> it's It feels like I have a holiday the whole year around. Yeah. In the winter, it looks like a Christmas postcard. Uh, in the summer, you can swim out the, outside your own apartment. It's amazing, really. Uh, and I go back uh, every every month, a long weekend, because my boyfriend is actually Spanish. So I managed to get together oh. with the Spanish. But Thank lives- you. So that came true, that part of your vision. That came true. He actually lives in Amsterdam then. But it's good because I get to also stay in touch with my uh, with my close friends there and so on. And once a month, Amsterdam is really nice. It's quite busy with tourists nowadays compared to when I lived there a long time ago. Now you see groups of tourists, 20 people that have never biked from Asia or, or other parts of the world and they go in groups and they don't really know how to bike. So it's like 
tourists and people everywhere trams. So for me, coming back to Sweden, it feels like yes. Can we explore a little bit how it is to have both a multicultural and a long distance relationship? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. Um, so I have uh, now had a four years almost a long distance relationship with uh, the Spanish guy in Amsterdam. He is not uh, extremely Spanish because he's been in Holland for 10 years. So he understands a bit uh, the way of communicating. We're quite open and direct and, and to the point, sometimes very direct uh, could could be interpreted as rude. So no, is he fire in your ice or no, you're both mellowed? I, I think uh, we've got to know each other very well. So uh, I think the explosions that we had in the beginning are much karma now. Uh, if you don't see each other, then the excitement of uh, going to each other every other week is building up all the time. So that is really positive, that feeling of looking forward to each other. The feeling of having to go away after a weekend is is was worse in the beginning because you sort of don't know really how long you're going to be together and what it's going to be. Now it feels much better because now you know we're together and we want to be together. I think he has to, he says all the time to me that I when I talk that I talk to corporate. I go to the point and I'm too quick and yes and no. And when he talks, he's very passionate and he says a lot of things and he exemplifies his views with a lot of uh, passion. Uh, so I say, okay, are you angry? And he says, no, 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 I'm just passionate. So I think that there is uh, definitely a cultural differences there that we're still working on. Mm-hmm. Are you picking up some of his habits and he yours? Or do you think that you maintain your particular personalities and cultures? What I've learned from him is to not have to please everyone. Uh, living in two countries is not easy. You have friends everywhere. Uh, busy jobs, you travel, I have to say no quite often to people that suggest to meet and so on. Uh, in the beginning I felt quite guilty on that and he has actually helped me to sort of accept and handle that in a much better way. Uh, and he is also very good in empathy. Uh, and I'm sensitive to people around me but I might not be that empathetic. I might not really understand the feelings or the reasons behind it. Uh, but I observe when people sort of uh, have, an, have, have an emotion. But he's really good in sort of giving me that perspective. Yeah, so yeah, I, I believe that uh, he helps me to develop and I hope it's the other way around as well, but yeah. Every relationship, I mean, I've, I've had a few now and I hope this is the last one, but in every relationship uh, you learn new things at least and that's same work-wise. So Ben, going from little, I'm never gonna forget this, little dance champion with the goofy dance <laughs> to hotel management to a uh, long-time Ericsson employee and now to a newcomer at SCA. What is the next big move for Ben de Vries? My curiosity for other cultures is still here. With with uh, Ericsson, I actually went to Ghana and lived in, uh, in Accra and traveled a lot in the region there. I learned a lot about the, a completely different continent and different cultures. So I, I have the feeling that I do want to go and work in another environment. And I don't just like to to go somewhere on holiday, I like to actually be part of it. And that's what I liked in Turkey. That's what I liked in Ghana. That's what I like in Sweden. So I see myself definitely going into a certain uh, new territory, new country or area. I have no doubt it will happen. Let's see. Let's see. Thank you for joining Get to Know an Average Joe, Ben. Thank you so much. A confession. It was really useful to talk to Ben as I'm about to go through the same transition in January. New year, new job. More on that another time. 
But next time you tune in to get to know an average Joe, you'll meet the dad of a most admirable friend. A few years ago, with my daughter Heather's three children, I would start telling this story of Charlie the house mouse. And the, the style that I use is I tell this story and he's in the tree and something's happening and a hawk is looking for a, a food and he hawk is coming down but actually Charlie can speak hawk language so he challenges this guy and the hawk wouldn't know what to do or so. But all of a sudden, there'll be some crisis, and I use to be continued, and then we'll do it the next day. That's Pat Johnson. I'm Dodie Axe, and now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs>